0: Moon out with Nevia by Moen, the spa shower that offers double the coverage using about half the water, making it look, sound, and feel totally different. Learn more at moencom nevia. It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping, the sun is shining, and you're listening to. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. What the fuck? <laughs> I know it's mean to say you're green, but you got to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit, so stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans. This is Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hey, Kermit D Frog, I am the new GM for Raw. NXT, NXT, Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector ones. And when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the egg guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total nonstop, Anthony. That's what you got tonight. Total nonstop band. Total nonstop band. Total nonstop. Anthony. You know what? Damn all of you! Damn all of you! You don't know how pissed off I am right now. I'm cranky. I'm a cranky bitch right now. It is Wednesday afternoon, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blossy. And by the way, shout out to all of our patrons that are streaming live right now on Discord. My apologies. I don't normally stream this show live on Discord. But you know what? Since we did launch that new tier on Patreon, and since, you know, everybody loves to socialize and interact during our live shows, I figured, you know, why the fuck not? Let's do Breakfast with Blossy live on Discord from now on. Now, in the future, for all the upcoming episodes, I promise you I will let everybody know on Twitter, on Patreon, hours notice instead of five minutes so you could jump into Discord at a certain time and we'll have some fun. And yes, breakfast at 6 p.m., why the fuck not? I've eaten eggs for dinner. I'm sure some of you out there as well, and we have a large international audience right now that are just getting up. But damn all of you, you don't know how much you fucked my day up. You know, everybody that follows me on a regular basis knows that I'm on this really strict diet right now. I'm down to 257 pounds. Six weeks ago when I had my surgery, I was 305. And I only get to eat one nice meal a day. And I usually eat it around 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. And that's where I have a majority of my protein. I have my vegetables or my salad and shit like that. So today, it was going to be sushi day. And I don't like raw fish. I don't eat sushi. What I eat is beef negamaki. I have edamame. I have vegetables. I don't eat fish, but I was this morning like, oh, today is fucking sushi day. I'm going to have a nice big beef, Nagasaki, Negamaki, whatever the hell it's called. I'm going to have vegetables, this, this, and that. Uh, My stomach is going to be nice and full, and then I'm going to do breakfast with Blasi, have a kick-ass show, and go back to work. And then what happens? I opened up the opportunity for our patrons to submit questions and content for today's show. And when I open the fucking messages, question, 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 question. And I'm like, damn, I only expected a handful. What the fuck? And then I go on Twitter and what do I read? Hashtag give WWE women a chance. And it's trending. And not only is it trending, you have Liv Morgan retweeting it you have other women retweeting it give WWE women a chance (laughs) well I got news for everybody out there do I like women's wrestling yes I do was I let's be honest not saying it to pat myself on the back but anybody that that listens to all the shows that we do and our extended family with soup who is the one host that supported the first women's pay-per-view for WWE, who also said that it was going to sell out, have a decent show? Yours truly from day one, so don't say to me, I don't like women's wrestling, but all I know is that I have friend after friend after friend after friend after listener after follower after this after that, you go on social media, and over the last 12 plus months, WWE has screwed up a lot of the male wrestlers in favor of this faux women's revolution. You know, I do this week in wrestling history every week. And this week coming up is the anniversary of one of the WWE pay-per-views and the women's match featured Trish Stratus, Victoria, Jazz. I don't remember who the fucking fourth person was. It wasn't Lita. But I look at that roster and I say to myself, you know what? Not for nothing. Sasha Banks, extremely talented. Bailey, extremely talented. Ember Moon, Charlotte, extremely talented. Ronda Rousey, I still say female wrestler of the year. You look at the overall, you know, 10 months or nine months that she worked last year. All right. But <laughs> just because you got 20 women on a roster, 30 women on the roster, and fucking 15 years ago, you only had seven or eight. You know, this idea, of women's evolution, give w- Divas a chance, give WWE women a chance. Motherfucker, your ratings are down into record territories. You don't know how many people that have turned around and said to me, Damn, every fucking guy that comes out and cuts a promo, instead of fucking showing anger, this is entertainment. This is suspension of disbelief. I know it's also PSA announcements, and it's also supposed to be for good, worthy causes, and you help sick kids, and you help breast cancer, and you help women, you help this, you help that, you help this, but there are forms of entertainment that are designed for a male audience, there are certain forms of entertainment that are designed for a female audience. There are certain forms of entertainment that it could be 50-50, might be 48-52. And I'm not shitting on women's wrestling right now in any way, shape, or form. But this fucking, you know, this aura that, oh, it's my time it's women's evolution it's my time <laughs> when you fucking get 0.5 in the ratings because nobody gives a shit about your matches i'm not going to say any specific names what does that say oh you know i've been doing it for 12 years in my time oh, i've been doing it in my time when you come out i fucking your entrance music sounds cd quality because nobody pops so what i say is what I've been saying for a very, 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 very long. <laughs> I didn't say Dana Brooke, the hack you did. Um, and you know what, look, I'm going to be nice to Dana right now. Dan- Dana's not the drizzling shits. She's not. She just never connected. And if anybody really goes back far enough with me, I used to praise the stuff that she did with Emma in NXT. She's not bad, But just because you're doing it for seven, eight years doesn't mean that you deserve an opportunity. You deserve this. No. You fucking do your job and you get a... Why do you need hashtags to get over? I mean, when people are actually getting over and getting noticed and getting a buzz... You know, it happens organically. This shit needs to happen organically. Wrestling over the years with storylines with Austin and Rock and Wrestling This and WrestleMania and fucking other things and the Yes Movement and all this other stuff, it was fucking organically. You didn't have fucking Daniel Bryan going on social media and going, Yes Movement, Yes Movement. No, it just started on its own. And then he teased it every time the fans went, Yes, 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 he would go, No, no, no. And that would make the fans want to go, yes, 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 even more. And they got behind him. Shit needs to happen organically. And to see after just all of the nonsense and all of the damage that has been done over the last 12 plus months because they went out of their way to build the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania. And Ronda Rousey deserved the main event spot. Becky and Charlotte deserved the main event spot. I said all along it should have been a three-way. And I got shitted on repeatedly. But here's the thing. Now they're trying to start this trend, give WWE women a chance. What the fuck has been going on for the last years and years and years? You got tag team titles now. You got the main event at WrestleMania. And then I see Liv Morgan's tweet. And with all due respect, she lists like six or seven women that are not getting utilized the way they should right now. And I agree with her that they definitely deserve a little more TV time. But this idea of doing this whole hashtag and trend and this, uh, here's my solution. And I've said it for a while now. Instead of hashtag give WWE women a chance. How's about hashtag give WWE women their own show. Give them their own show. Don't put it on the WWE network. Do a USA network special. Do a fucking Spike TV. Do whatever you want. Do do the fucking Fox Sports Net, uh, special. And let's see if their ratings draw or not. Let's see what kind of ratings they actually draw. And you know what the funny thing is? You know, it's very easy. For a very, very, very tiny group of people on social media, it's all trend, and this is an ad, and people get behind these things. And uh, Should the women get a chance? Yeah, you've been getting a chance. You've, WWE's been fucking up the men's division because of this. They have hurt their entire product over this. And there isn't any one person. I've said for quite some time now, Becky Lynch is not the face of the WWE, nor is Seth Rollins, nor is Braun Strowman, Finn Balor, or anybody else. There is no face of the WWE right now. You need larger than life stars because I hate to say it to Ring of Honor and MLW and all these other fucking maturats that have said in recent years, we're not sports entertainment, motherfucker. Unless the person in the ring is actually pinning that person legitimately and shoot fighting. No, you are entertainment. It is predetermined, all right? You are athletic. It is a sport. But at the end of the day, if the people in the ring are not literally pinning each other for real... You're entertainment. You're just a different form of entertainment. So you want to now, because oh, women have made their stance, and it's my time, it's my time, it's my time, it's my time, it's my time. Look at Ember Moon two weeks ago. It's my time, it's now, it's this, it's that. I'm here to make a difference. Two weeks later, jobbed. That's WWE's fault. It's not Ember Moon's fault. The Iconics. You think they deserve to be tag team champions? Like I've said many times, if they weren't from Australia, I don't think they'd be on the roster right now. I wonder how many employees of WWE who are from different countries, I don't know if they've stood in front of the mirror at one point in their hotel room and said, you know, if I wasn't from blah, 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 mate, if I wasn't from blah, 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 oi, if I wasn't from blah, 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 hi, If it wasn't for blah, 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 blah. Would I be on the roster right now? I don't know if they understand that a lot of people that that are overseas talent are on the roster because WWE wants to have a representation from all walks of life. That's their choice. That's their decision. The ratings are in the record territories. With all due respect, Liv, that list of people that you listed on your page, do you think that any of them on there are actually going to boost the ratings substantially? It's not their fault. This is WWE's current product. They have fucked up their product because they wanted to push a certain agenda. They wanted to force it. Instead of letting things happen organically, and no, a trending hashtag is not happening organically. All right? When you have a certain number of people going to autograph signs, and you have a certain number of people going to house shows, and you got a certain number of people on social media, and all they're doing is shifting who they really follow and who they really want to get behind and the causes of this, this and that. But at the end of the day, your revenue is down X amount of dollars. Your house show attendance is down 20 30%. The funniest thing that I read two weeks ago and last week was like, hey, you know, Roman Reigns, now he's, he's, he's on SmackDown and, you know, what's going to happen with the ratings on Raw? And then last week, oh, Roman Reigns is coming back on Raw. And the reason why they're doing that is because they think it's going to spike the ratings because Roman Reigns being off Raw is now going to... What does Roman Reigns do for the, the the ratings on SmackDown last week, the week before, Punching Vince in the face the following week, bragging about punching Vince in the face. And I tell you, Jason Powell, I always call him Goofy Powell. Somebody brought this to my attention. I got to give the man credit because I said something yesterday on DTKC Show Extra. And look, I love my calls, Kev Castle. But I listened to Kev Castle from 10 years ago. And I listen to him now. And he is... He is very careful with what he says, all right? The days of talking about Goldbergs, don't get the gay arm arm around the band, Goldberg tattoo, they're long gone. And that's because we've all grown up and changed. But even with discussions, the Roman Reigns video package yesterday, as human beings, we're all happy that this guy came back from cancer. I root for the guy. I've said repeatedly for the last bunch of weeks, that they're not using him in a way that angers me right now. I'm glad that he's back for himself, for his fans and everyone else. I'm not mad at Roman Reigns right now. But when I watched that package yesterday and I saw the spliced in crowd reactions that did not take place at the times where it said that it did. And I hear crowd noise and massive cheers where I know at that time it was not the case. And then they're doing this whole big vignette package. That should have aired the week before WrestleMania. When that aired yesterday, I joked on DTKC Show Extra on Patreon. And I said, you know, not for nothing. After I watched that that vignette, I'm kind of like disliking Roman Reigns again. I'm like, what was the purpose of that vignette? All right, I understand you want to do vignettes for every single person who's in the Money in the Bank ladder match. You have Ali in a Nike type commercial. You know, follow the light, follow the light. You know, if you really want to see some fun, you know, take a little light and you know, if you have a cat, like the little fucking red, you know, those pen lights or whatever, zoom that on the wall and watch your cat run after it. And if you want to have fun, you know, have a bunch of mouse traps on the opposite side of the room and just let the light go all the way to the mouse traps and watch what happens. Make sure you videotape it on YouTube. Not people get so triggered when I make jokes sometimes. Anyway, I watched that vignette yesterday and I'm like You know, after watching this, i kind of like, I'm annoyed at Roman Reigns again. I'm being reminded of how he was goddamn forced down our throat for years and years and years. They didn't let it happen organically. So what does Goofy Powell say yesterday? The Roman Reigns video package, a well-produced video. But the last thing the company should be doing is reminding viewers of how dominant he's been and how long. It's times like this when I wonder if they secretly want half their audience to dislike him. That's what he wrote about range yesterday, and I was like, "Minga, that's exactly what I said on the show." I honestly thought Kev was gonna feel the same way, but you know, just taking the uh, you know the light route. You no, know, oh, no, no, it was good. It was good. Hey, that's right to his opinion. But man, you know this whole thing about this women thing. Give them their own show, and you know what was funny? I don't think a lot of people were prepared for the women to get their own show because the minute I put that out there within 10 minutes, I got three messages online and a couple of emails of people saying to me, well, you know, not for nothing. If you give them their own show, then it gives the impression that they're not able to hang with the boys. And that's kind of sexist. Blow me, blow me. I'm seriously, if I had view webcam right now, this show would be TV 14 if you saw what is whipped out right now. Blow me. This idea that you create a hashtag and you try to get all of these young fans or these people that are easily influenced, you know, and, oh, we're going to start this trend and we're going to get WWE to do this and all the women are going to be on the TV. Good, give them their own show. Take all the men off of TV. Let's see what kind of ratings they actually get. At the end of the day, this is an entertainment business. They have stockholders. They have advertisers. They don't have charities where, oh, they make all their money on charity and causes and this and that. No, you have investors. As much as people hated the Saudi Arabia deal, you see what happened with the stock market? I mean, look at how much money WWE is made because of the deals with this um, this the the Saudi Arabia deal and the T V deal. The stock market reflect that's business. Did you ever see the stock market go up because oh give Steve, it's a chance. Oh, look what we do in Make-A-Wish. Oh, we did this whole thing for breast cancer. Ooh, we showed up. at All those charities and causes are great. I have donated to many of them myself. But this is a business at the end of the day. And if you're going to start these trends, it's very easy for, and the only reason why, and look, I want to be straight out. The reason why I said Liv Morgan twice is because she's the only female in WWE roster I've actually read her tweet I had to do this show. I wasn't prepared to do this this late. But there's other women that have written it as well. And the thing is, it's very easy for people who are working there that don't have to worry about the stock going up and down. As long as their checks are being given to them, that's all that matters. For all of the fucking people on social media, are they the ones paying the bills? And don't say to me, oh, I buy the tickets and buy the shirts. You know, 95% of the people out there that say that they do that, they don't. All right. I don't want to compare shit that we do compared to them. But I used to say years and years and years ago, when they used to have these, um, remember when they had the fans voting on matches, you know, vote on this match, Cyber Sunday or Cyber Monday or whatever the hell it was called. And they put the polls on WWE.com. I always felt, you know what? How's about the people who are actually paying for the pay per view? Let them be the ones that vote. No, 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 no. We need seven million votes. We need to do an AP press release that we had eight hundred and forty million votes for Cyber Monday. Holy shit, Taboo Tuesday. We got all. We had trillions of votes. No, instead of having the people that actually pay for the product, that are paying for the pay-per-view, that actually feel that they had something to do with the influence. No, what do you do? Oh, anybody can vote. Vote once, vote twice, vote 50 times, vote 100 times, vote as many as you want. You know. And then, oh, we got 85 trillion votes. And most of those people that voted didn't buy the pay-per-view, didn't buy merchandise. We see it even on Patreon. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it. You know how many times we came out with a shirt or we put a design out? We would have hundreds of people, oh man, put that on a shirt. That goes on a shirt. I'm there. I'm there. I'm buying it. You know, these these shows have gotten extremely expensive between equipment and bandwidth and everything else. So we were trying to think of ways to increase some revenue. So we posted a poll, About a month ago, hey, you know, I know a lot of you out there that absolutely love Monday's Don Tony and Kevin Castle show. Well, we do a show like that on Tuesday as well, but it's for our Patreon audience only. If we opened up a tier that would just be for those shows and we only charge maybe a buck or two, would you be interested? And we had tons of people. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, you do that, man. I'm there. Six people. Six since we launched it. Six. There were t-shirts that we launched that I showed, I'm not gonna say which shirt it was, but I showed the person, because the person had said to me, hey, you know, how come not getting any t-shirt revenue? I showed them the report. Three shirts. Total. Up to this point. Three. And it was what? Six hundred and forty-four people that said, Oh man, put that on a shirt, I'm there. I'm not saying it to make people buy The point is, is that when things are offered online, you know, it, you get all of these people that want to be influenced, that want to take part. They want to feel like they're part of a cause. They want to feel like worthy. They want to feel like they're part of a movement. They want to feel like they made a difference. They want to make it feel, feel like they made an impact. But at the end of the day, they invest nothing. Nothing. They invest nothing. And the the worst part about it is when they see something they don't like on TV, cancel WWE Network hashtag. Cancel this. I hate this. I'm done. I'm not watching anymore. And then the best part is these fucking jerk-offs a couple of months ago. I don't remember exactly what happened. There was two fucking jerk-offs in particular on social media. had tons and tons of followers. Posted a screenshot. I unsubscribed. I've had it. I'm done. WWE did something. It might have had to do with Saudi Arabia. I think it did have to do with Saudi Arabia. I'm done. Unsubscribed. Got like 11,000 retweets and likes. And what does scumbag yours truly do? Oh, look, everybody. Look what I found. A Google image search. I found this. This was posted 11 months earlier from some other person. It's the same goddamn photo. Well, guess what? Tweet down. Last week, Solomonsters page, you know, just to show you like how people do ridiculously stupid stuff like this. this is an Eddie Guerrero page. And this person writes, hey, everybody, look at what I found in the store today. And it's a picture of two Coca-Cola bottles. One says Latino or, or heat or something. And the other one said Eddie or something like that. And everybody's like, oh my, man, that's cool. What's the name of the store? Holy shit, you know, you gotta buy that. Oh man, all these likes and retweets, stuff like that. Google image search, boom, three years ago. That's where the photo came from. All of these people on social media, majority of them are bored. They sit at home all day. They don't do anything else for the most part. Seriously, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but people listening." I'm not saying all of you, but I'm sure you know people that in the morning they tweet, in the afternoon they tweet, at night they tweet. And then, oh, I'm out with my friends right now. Oh, I just rescued a cat or, or old lady across this burning building. Oh, I just went and did this. Oh, I just went to this banging club and picked up this chick. Oh, I just went to this movie. Oh, I just went here. No photos, no friends, no witnesses, no nothing. Nothing whatsoever. They just fucking sit at home all day and they write this stuff because they're too embarrassed to say to everybody, my life is over. I work, I go to school and instead of me thinking about, wow, you know, I got to meet my significant other. Oh, where can we go this weekend? Oh, I no, instead it's let me uh, you know, can't wait to go home and go on Twitter. Oh, how many likes did I get? How many fucking hashtags did I get? How many hearts did I get? How many retweets did I get? Oh, maybe I can impress some of the women out there. Oh, maybe if I bring up old Vince McMahon stuff from 20 years ago or Lars Sullivan from 2006, you know, maybe it'll get trends and this, this and that. And people want to get tweet fucked. Nobody wants to fucking go out and socialize and have a life. They're addicted to social media because when you before social media was around and you had no social media platform even before MySpace, or even if you want to include MySpace, you know, what do you do? You post your bio, and that's it. You know, your friends, play some music, maybe play mobsters. Anybody remember mobsters? And that was the end of it. So now, you know, hey, what are you doing, Joe? Oh, going out, going out with my girlfriend. Hey, Kev, what are you doing? Hey, I'm going out with my friends. Hey, John, what are you doing? Oh, I'm going to, you know, I got some work to do. Oh, I'm going fishing. I'm going camping. I'm going here. I'm going there. And what do you do? You go nowhere. You sit at home. You eat. You watch TV. You eat. You play mobsters, you go on MySpace, you listen to music, you play fucking Rummy, and you do nothing. Now you got social media? Holy shit, I have 850 friends. Oh man, I'll write a topic and I'll talk about how horrible this movie was and this, this, and that. And and there's nothing wrong with doing any of that. But you have people out there that have made their entire life about social media. And when you see these hashtags and these trends and this, this, and that, you got to keep in mind, this is a very small group of people speaking like this. And when WWE try, look, I know some of you are saying Kofi Kingston, oh, you know what? Should have never gotten the title. You know, it was a, you know, a feel good moment. It said, no, I actually feel that he should have gotten the title. It, that was organic. That was not forced. He substituted Mustafa Ali in the, 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 the pay-per-view match, and he shined. He was great in the Elimination Chamber. That, that's it. It started a trend, and people organically got behind it, just like the Yes Movement, just like everything else. This idea that women are not being utilized the way they should be. Motherfucker, again, it's an entertainment business. Did you ever stop to think that maybe the caliber of women in wrestling is not the same level of men? And that's not being sexist. You look at the size of women. You put aside Nia Jackson. You put aside Tamina. Tamina. Almost everybody out there shits on Tamina and says, ah, she sucks, she sucks. Why is she on the roster? She blows, she sucks, she sucks. Then what do you have left, Nia Jax? Is she gonna be the only larger-than-life person that's gonna uh, turn over an ambulance in the back or fucking throw, throw, what is she gonna do? You see all these other women, hey, you know, you know the, the men all do the money in the bank ladder match, I could do it myself too. But wait a minute, I'm only 5'1". And the, rest, the men, male wrestlers are, are on average 6'1". You tell me what female wrestler out there that could fucking tell a story in the ring like Finn Balor or AJ Styles or even Kofi Kingston or anything like that. My point is, is that women's wrestling is a different form of wrestling entertainment than men. Nobody expects the women to fucking put on these unbelievable five-star matches like a lot of the the male wrestlers can. It's not a sexist thing. The the best women's matches that have ever happened usually uh, involve tables and outside the ring and chairs and all this other stuff because they need to add additional props to basically masquerade the fact that they can't tell the same type of story that men do. It's not their fault. It's just a different element. There are a few people on the indie circuit that are absolutely awesome. The problem is there's just not enough of them. And yes, Ember Moon, extremely talented. I said last year, Natty going over to Raw was going to be the most important person who switched brands. I didn't say that to get a like from Natty on Twitter. Oh, look, everybody. She liked my tweet. How old are you? I could see a fucking 10-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 19-year-old doing it, but a 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old person, she liked my tweet. Go fucking whack off. Let me send you a box of tissues. Do you understand how dumb you look? She liked my tweet. This whole hashtag stuff. This company got fucked over the last 12 months because they forced an agenda instead of letting it happen organically. And for people that are going to say, hey, well, why did they force it the way they did? Well, we knew a long time ago. Ronda Rousey wanted to make babies in 2019. This isn't sudden news. She wanted to make babies. I think WWE knew a year ago that in 2019, after WrestleMania is done, that she was going to be taking time off to go make babies. So... They had one year to do this and they forced it. And it helped Becky. It helped Ronda Rousey. Charlotte is established. She's a star. Charlotte, to me, is the top woman on the roster between promos and wrestling and telling a story in the ring. It's just she's got the whole package. But there's not enough people on that level. And you can't sacrifice a Seth Rollins. You can't sacrifice a Braun Strowman. You can't sacrifice other people that are just basically losing a spot on TV. Or when they're in the middle of a deep hatred feud, oh, you know, I I can't wait to strangle so-and-so, but first, you know, let's congratulate the first women's tag team champions of all time! Blah, 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 blah! So... Give them their own show give them a month give them three or four shows specials let that be the secondary show on Fox or ESPN or whatever it is Give them that as a secondary show let's see what kind of ratings that it does I'm not saying it's going to be bad I'm not saying it's going to be good, but notice how they will not will not do a separate TV show, and I'm not talking about the WWE Network, because the WWE Network, it is almost impossible for us to really know the exact number of how many people actually watch this stuff. I want to see regular TV with advertisers. You know, you tell me what's more important, is fucking hundreds of millions of dollars between Saudi Arabia and ESPN or the WWE Network? The WWE Network gets crazy revenue, but you see what they have to offer on it. They have to offer 85 different, you know, original shows and lots of old school and, you know, rehashing re, Attitude 8,500 times. Give them their own regular TV show for a month. Let's see what kind of ratings they do. You know why they won't do it? Because they are petrified. They are petrified. They are petrified to put that out there and get back a 0.5 rating. What does that do? Could you imagine after everything that went on, if they gave it a TV show with a regular ratings and it got piss poor, what do you it on? Okay, here's the chance. What do you do? What do you do? So for everybody out there that's reading this hashtag, and that's why I said, I wasn't even prepared to talk about this today. I expected to get into some questions, talk about one or two things and get out of here. And trust me, everyone, I'm not mad. I'm a little bit, you know, energetic right now because, you know, I'm still in work mode. And, you know, I'm kind of angry because I was so looking forward to my sushi dinner today. And because of all this other shit that ended up, I couldn't even order my sushi. I had to prepare so late. I had turkey. I had a turkey sandwich today. I waited all day to fucking have my beef, negamaki, and vegetables. And because of this, fucking give women a chance and fucking all this other shit. I turkey. I hate turkey. It was the only thing in my refrigerator. I had turkey. And I fucking didn't even have lettuce or tomato. I had to eat it with pickles. So yours truly is a little bit annoyed right now. But no, seriously. I'm all for giving the women a chance. Again, I was the most supportive of their first pay-per-view before they even announced the match till after it was done and all the proof is there so please do not think that i am a hater of women's wrestling i'm not but again you know there's some forms of entertainment and sports that women cannot do as good as men and men cannot do good as as good as women we are different types of human beings different forms of entertainment there are different you know uh, limitations there's just it's science also It's science. Look at the controversy about that school. I don't remember if it's a high school or a college. Recently, there was a school, and they had these big running competitions. And you had these women that have trained for years and years and years to basically have a future in running. And they finally had this competition in like junior or senior year of high school. And then you had a guy that said he was transgender. So they let this guy... Enter the women's running and he blew everybody away. And what did all the women say? Oh, that was unfair. Motherfucker, three months ago, you're on Twitter fucking talking about transgender should be able to. If a man wants to be a woman, he should be able to be a woman just like any one of us. Just don't run against me in a tournament. So I'm just saying, everybody, you know, you want to give them the chance. Let's see their true worth. If they draw great fucking ratings, then that gives a signal to the men. You know what? We need to up our shit an extra notch. And don't you realize also, and this is probably the most important point I could make about everything I just said. And trust me, I didn't think about this beforehand. I'm sorry if it's not polished, but I didn't think about it. I didn't write bullet points. I saw this literally a half hour before I went live. By giving the women their own show you will allow more women to be part of that show because you don't have to have the men having matches during the show and at the same time because the women have their own show you allow some additional male stars or even young guys or people that they can't seem to fit in on tv that gives them the opportunity as well an additional show will actually give other people more, some airtime. Let's see what they could do with it. Give them a month. My God, and the questions that so, some people sent me in this week, somebody brought up a TV show from 2013, I think it was, or 2009. I remember what it was. I'll get into it later. But the show lasted two and a half months on ABC. And then it canceled it because of low ratings. Put the women out there. And let's see what kind of ratings they do. If they fucking kick ass and they blow it out of of the park, then you know what? Okay, you know what? Now we can truly see how big women's wrestling is, how important it is for our product. But if you fucking put it out there and and it gets horrendous ratings, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for everybody out there that wants to write that hashtag and is so passionate and there's a lot of people who have their heart in the right places. But again, this is an entertainment Business in the end sorry just because you have certain types of movies there are movies that give the male adrenaline rush adrenaline rush all right you see some types of movies that are made because women want to go see them so i'm just saying give them their own show and let's see what their true popularity is Instead of this fucking hashtag stuff, instead of this let's trend this, or if you don't like this, then you're a hater of women and this, is and that. Bullshit. Bullshit. I like entertainment. There are certain forms of entertainment that I like watching men do. I know that doesn't sound, you know, the best it could, but there are certain forms of entertainment I like to see men perform in. There are certain forms of entertainment I like to see women perform in. I know everybody on Patreon is starting to haze me a little bit. You understand what I'm saying? Seriously. I don't know. Anyway. <sighs> Big shout out to NSM Torres, my friend. Shout out to your girlfriend as well. She treated him to a whole like bunch of Patreon months. You know, subscribe for a bunch of months. Very cool girlfriend you have there. I wish you would do that for me. Brian the mayor of Dinosaur Island, Landry. Is there anyone in my life who I would want to outlive just so I could piss on their grave? (sighs) You want to start podcast wars, dude. No. Honestly, right now, I could honestly say truthfully, sincerely, there is nobody that I know, online or personally, that if they died that you know, if I had the chance and got away with it, that I could piss on their grave. Even if you brought the grave to me, I rang my bell instead of a pizza or a fucking prostitute being at my door or my girlfriend naked, You know, I go at the door and there's that person's grave and then you give me a quarter fucking Kool-Aid to drink right before it, and like, yeah, here's your opportunity. I wouldn't do it. There's nobody right now and I'm not trying to be nice or politically correct. I know I could be an asshole, on these shows, and I know I could say, you know, a little bit of controversial stuff about other shows or hosts of this, this, and that. Sorry, I bust my fucking ass. I'm not polished, I'm not professional. I am very distasteful at times, I admit it. And you know what? I apologize, you know, for making some of the jokes that I have done in the past, you know? That's just the way I am. I mean, I'm just a regular guy like everybody else. I know some of you out there, no, you're not. No, you're. Yes, I am. We're all pretty much the same type of people, you know, but I work my ass off. It doesn't mean that I'm great at what I do, you know, but I still work hard. I put in a lot of hours. I don't fucking act lazy. I don't fucking depend on other people. I try to do the best that I can. I try to put 110%. It's funny because when you have, it's amazing, you know, Back in the day when I used to do shows, we had two, three, four, five people on the shows and everybody had energy and everybody was giggling and laughing. Everybody loved it. Now, when I have energy, are you dying, Don Tony? I, Do you have cancer? Are you going to jail? Why are you so happy? Why are you so energetic? Are you taking drugs? Are you on cocaine? Are you wired? Take too many Vicodins? You become an alcoholic? Why are you so... Because... Just try and have fun. Try and have just some energy here. Don't take half the shit I say personally. But seriously, I, I say it all the time. Everyone, I'm sorry. I'm not going to name all the meth, right? I, does meth really make you wired? I thought meth always turns you into like a zombie. You know? I'm not even going to go there with jokes. So I, I, I'm not falling for that. I see where you're going. No, I don't smoke weed. The hack. I smoked weed only a couple of times in my life. I can't smoke weed. I don't like it. It gives me a headache, and it gives me uncontrollable munchies. All right? Somebody, I told this story before. I'm in a lot of pain. Everybody knows my car accident from 99 almost killed me. All right? The only reason why I was even able to do some indie wrestling stuff for those years is because I was zooted out on painkillers. You know, it just, not during, but before and after, because I couldn't even walk. I was like almost crippled. That's how much the pain was. But, you know, I had to take painkillers. I didn't abuse it. I took what was prescribed. But if I wasn't on that, I couldn't do half the shit that I did. I tried to fucking try to have a normal, you know, active life. And I realized very quickly, hey, you're, you're fucked, motherfucker. So that's honestly the number one reason why I went on this crash diet. So, you know, it's to try to alleviate pain. But, you know, several years back, my friend is like, oh, man, medical marijuana, that'll relieve all your pain. Miracle mar- marijuana, this is before medical marijuana was a was a thing. And my friend got me this chocolate tie stuff. He got me this brass fucking pipe with a nice metal screen. And he shows me, you know, you take this little thing and you pat it down and you light it and you breathe it in. And it's, it's awesome. So I was like, all right, let's, let's try it. 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm making spaghetti with garlic and oil. 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm making pasta gulagi at my house. I didn't even realize it. I'm frying garlic up, and I'm boiling pasta. I look at the clock, and it's like 2.45 in the morning. And I realized, what the hell am I doing? And it just gave me uncontrollable munchies. So that's that's what it is. So I don't do Weed. Uh, shout out to our new and returning patrons, David Parada, Miguel Ruano Herrera, Oliver Allen, Zach Sputamori, Gavin Lynch, Liam, Brandon Jones, Raymond Pajella, and Brent Stellander. Anybody that signed up over the last two days, you know, I shot you out the following week. I just wanted to make that clear. Um, oh, somebody wrote, meth makes you alert, awake, agitated, paranoid, confused, aggressive, aroused, exhilarated. That's an awful range of emotions. I don't know if I can do meth. I wouldn't do meth. I wouldn't even try it. But I don't think I can do it and do these shows. Uh-uh. Especially, could you imagine getting paranoid while you're doing these shows or confused? No, no, no. Shout out to our associate producers, Tykesy Bowers, Cockboy, Roger Rubio, Orham Martin, Ernesto Defensive, Fatty316, D-Boy Gentleman, Kane Shaw, Stand The Man Loudon, Timothy Keel, Simon Hoodie Hood, James Mills, Brandon Davidson, CM Black, Tom Baffa, Tamina's Pocket Toy, Chris Harris, John Krauser, Sheffield Mercury, Jacob Eston, Jay Smoothie, Virginia George, Michael John Buchanan, Matthew, and Joseph Nicoluck. We will get into more plugs in a little bit. Uh, you know, as we talked about yesterday, just very briefly, you know, Raw Rating uh, was only up, I think, like 80,000 viewers. <laughs> That is just pathetic. Now, did I think Roman Reigns was going to impact the ratings at all? No, absolutely not. Roman Reigns hasn't impacted the ratings on SmackDown. In fact, I'm looking at it now, and this just came in literally this second. SmackDown Live averaged 1.93 million viewers, up 100,000 from... A year ago, uh, excuse me, a week ago. From a year ago, it was down about three or 400,000 viewers. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, SmackDown last week was, what, the lowest rating other than a, a holiday once? So it's only up 100,000 viewers. That's 5%. I think that's about 5%, maybe 7%. Look, if you could go up 5 or 7%, three, four, five weeks in a row... All right, that's fine. You know, but, I mean, if last week was the lowest Raw in the history of Raw, you have to go up a little bit. Otherwise, you're going to break the record you just set for the lowest rating. I mean, when you actually look at SmackDown's rating this week and Raw's rating this week, they're still in the top five of the lowest ratings in the history of the shows. That's how you have to look at it. But again, I've said this for quite some time now, and I'll continue saying it. I invite anybody to go look at last year's ratings. Focus more on Raw. And you will find a certain point in the latter part of the summer, if I remember exactly, you will find a point where you will start seeing a steep, steady decline in the ratings. And when you actually go back and you look at the pay-per-view that occurred right before that, that was the pay-per-view where it was, I think, Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns, Hell in a Cell. Was that the one where Mick Foley was a special guest referee? And it ended in a no-fucking-contest because Brock Lesnar got involved. Now, just think of the build Mick Foley, who I fucking love to death. Mick Foley and these skits and vignettes and wrestlers and history. Every week, Hell in a Cell changes you forever. Hell in a Cell, Hell in a Cell, anything goes. It's brutal, it's this, it's that, it's this. And you end in a no fucking contest. Whoever brought that up, seriously, if they a really, truly a fucking WWE fan, make that motherfucker climb on top of the cage, take the fucking script that that person wrote to have that as a finish, put it on the table, and let Undertaker throw him off the top of the cage and let him fucking land shoulder first on the table onto the fucking goddamn horrible script that that was written. This is entertainment. When you go to a movie... We like Spaceballs. Spaceballs is one of my favorite movies of all time. I show it to my girlfriend. My girlfriend's like, this is god awful. This is the drizzling shits. I'm still a fan of Beavis and Butthead. We were talking about it yesterday. People were trying to stump me on Discord. Like, just show me, like, still photos of an episode. And they wanted me to say what episode it was. And I think I got it every single time. I play it on TV. My girlfriend's like, you know what? I'm watching fucking ID Channel on my tablet. Y'all fucking watch Family Guy? And she's like, I'm going to go in the other room. She cannot stand it. Those shows are horrible in almost everybody's eyes, but they're so bad that they're funny. When you go to a movie, when you go to a Broadway play, you want to go and you want to be entertained to the max. You want to feel that everybody there not only put in their best effort, but you want the storyline to be great. How many movies in the past have gotten like garbage ratings on Rotten Tomatoes and the person that's in the movie actually acted good. But the storyline and and the premise of it was god-awful. So it doesn't matter how great somebody acts. If the story is god-awful, if things don't make sense, when you got three fucking Matarats females on the WWE roster on Monday getting these invites that are in their hands for about five minutes and they don't smell peach until two minutes later, and then they're fucking looking, and they're like, Ugh, why is this Lacey Evans? How dare she tell us to go to the ring? How dare she tell us to dress like this? How dare, who is she to tell us what to do? And you go to the ring. i It's not their fault. This what they to be wrote. This is God awful shit. You got fucking Roman Reigns, uh, excuse me, um, Braun Strowman throwing Sami Zayn in a fucking bin. Oh my God, they killed him. Oh, my God, he's dead. How could he do that? Less than 24 hours later. uh, 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 And he fucking is on SmackDown fighting for the title. As I said yesterday, I'm a huge fan of Lars Sullivan. He is a throwback. That guy should have a manager. Paul Heyman would have been perfect for that guy. Lars, why was he on Raw Monday? Think of the storyline. Think of the storyline. There was no wild card announced. There was no Raw wrestlers could show up on SmackDown and SmackDown wrestlers could show up on Raw. The only announcement was Roman Reigns was going to show up on Raw because he had unfinished business. So now when we heard that, what was the thing? We, the first thing we thought? Oh, Drew McIntyre. But why is it unfinished business? Okay, whatever. There was no announcement that there's wild cards of people go over there. Why was Lars Sullivan on Raw? Was he there to attack Roman Reigns? No. Why was he there? Why were other people there? Now, to have Elias and Shane there, it made sense because they wanted to follow Roman Reigns and attack him. But again, Lars, I know it sounds minuscule, but and this is not his fault, but I'm just saying with WWE, why was Lars on Raw Monday? Before that announcement was made, did he show up the, the Monday before? Did he show up the Monday before that? Just actually take a step back. You could, I could throw example after example. And the best was yesterday. I was surprised at how many people get angry at me. On DTKC Show Extra, I played Michael Myers' music in the, in the beginning. Actually, I played the theme song of the Hit Squad, Monster Mac and Mafia, all right? Fucking the Hit Squad. Remember them from the indies? They used to have this awesome theme music that had Michael Myers' music in there. And I played it yesterday. And why? Because Kofi Kingston did his impersonation of Michael Myers last night. You had Sami Zayn hit three blue thunder bombs in a row. The first one, it was like a bad horror film when fucking somebody shoots Michael Myers and he goes down. And the ref, one, two, Michael Myers, excuse me, Kofi gets up oh, no, 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 hit another thunderbomb. And I'm getting to where some of you, are, I know some of you right now are saying, oh, well, it's not Sammy's finisher. It's not Sammy's finisher. It's not Timmy finisher. I'll get to that. But Sammy Zane hits the second blue thunderbomb. Fucking shot Michael Myers in the head this time. One, two, gets up. And two thunderbombs, you know You take the first one, you're startled. You take the second one, you know, the first one still hurts, so the second one really has got to do something to you. By the third one, you should be fucking history. So what does Sami Zayn do? Hits the third one. One, two, kicks out. And then what happens? Kofi Kingston hits the 9.59. What's the 9.59? That's what happens when there's no overrun. And it's now 9:59 p.m. and you just had Sami Zayn hit three fucking blue thunder bombs, and now fucking Kofi Kingston's got to hit one finisher, a fucking kick to Sami's shoulder. He gets pinned. Now, how god awful is that on TV? And for everybody out there that wrote yesterday or said today or was saying a few moments ago to themselves, yeah, that's a Sami finisher. Do you have any idea how many matches Seth Rollins won in the past year without using his finisher? Have you watched an AJ Styles match closely and noticed that sometimes they don't use their finisher? I could name you a dozen wrestlers on the WWE roster over the last year that won matches without using their finishers. So don't give me this, Oh, with Sammy, they don't use the finishers. The way that was written yesterday... That's god-awful. That is fucking terrible. So you have this over and over and over and over again. This is pro wrestling. This is sports entertainment. Because the outcomes are not real, and because this is athletic performance, and because this is suspension of disbelief, they have to really convince you. They have to really convince you that said person A dislikes said person B. Or said person A wants to take the spot of said person B. Or said person A it deserves to be in the position that they're in and said person A is supposed to convince you, suspension of disbelief, that that person really can kick out of all the things that they do. And it's got to be written and told the right way. The wrestlers themselves, they do the best that they can. I don't blame Kofi or Sammy last night for that finisher. It's It happened at uh, 9.59. They had to go off the air. They had to come to an abrupt end, and that was god-awful. Was one kick, Sammy Zane, out. One, two, three. This is the shit that we're all going through. And you might think it's nitpicking right now, but again, when you look at house show attendance down 35%, it wasn't up Last year, it wasn't up the year before. There's been a steady, steady, steady decline. Not as steep of a decline in other years, but there has been a decline. And I don't know about other shows out there. All I know is that we have been saying for several years now that the ratings are going down. The ratings are going down. The revenue is going down. The man has the top-selling shirt. Have you seen the revenue for the quarters last year when she was top merchandise seller? What does that say? but she was number one. And I'm the most beautiful person on my block. I just happen to have the only house on my block. I mean, you need to build on this stuff. You had the women's fucking revolution. Where are all of these women that are now WWE fans? Maybe there are more women WWE fans, but maybe at the expense of a lot of male WWE fans. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Pay me. Let a federation pay me, and I'll try to come up with the answer. The thing is, is that you, again, you can't fall for this fucking hashtag stuff. It is a very tiny audience out there that will whine and complain and insist that this agenda gets passed or this person gets a push or why doesn't Dana Brooke get a spot and Kofi should get this and this person should get that and this person could get this and when you look at all of the things that people bitched about over the last three months, the only things that I can honestly say that were deserving was Becky Lynch being in the main event at WrestleMania, Kofi Kingston getting the title, all right, Seth Rollins, obvious, but you think the Iconics should be in the position there. Right? And look what they did to the women's tag titles. How come you're not pissed off about that? Everybody out there that's talking about the women. Why aren't you irate The WWE? Because you don't have the balls to insult the Iconics. You don't have the balls to, because if you insult WWE, you're insulting the Iconics. Why? Because they cut a promo? I told you, you could have a fucking Al Qaeda member go on TV three weeks in a row. And fucking the first time he comes out there and fucking does something and says something, everybody look at him like, no, no, fuck off my TV. The second week he comes out there, does the same thing again. All right. Some people who want to be dicks will fucking chant, chant it with the person. By the third week, they realize, oh, this is leading to to a chant. That means all of us have to say it too. Soon, Sami Zayn is going to come up with a fucking opening sentence or a sentence or a final catchphrase. And at the very end, he's going to be about, he's going to just about say it. And then you're going to hear a, a huge number of the crowd repeat it. Why? Why? Sometimes you hear them repeating stuff and you say, so why are they repeating it? Because they want to be part of the show. Just because you got a tiny group of people that are going, iconic. That means they're over? Come on. If they were that good and that over, then why have you had the Smoke and Mirrors tour since they won the belts? Peyton Royce wrestling singles matches, getting pinned. She wins, but it's a main event. They have done nothing with those belts. And the funny thing is, Mission and I on Breakfast Soup said a couple of weeks ago, you watch, they have a tag title match on the pay-per-view, which they haven't even been advertised yet. That shows you how great that that you know tag team division is. You know, they'll probably defeat the fucking Asian pirates. So anyway, let's get into some questions. And, you know, before that, and by the way, these questions are awesome because now I might have indirectly answered some of them as I was doing some of these rants because, you know, I wasn't prepared to talk about some of the stuff that we talked about. But shout shout out to Stell, Rob from Nashville, Tony, Michael, Rhino, Bad Boy, Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Dan Hayes-Valdez, Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, Andrew914, John Coffey, Zach Spoonamore, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Maharg, Adam DeMoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Brandon Foley, Switch Babe, Courtney Summers. By the way, got to check out our podcast. It's pretty damn good. You can find a link on my Twitter. Chuck Lentz, Michael Westfall, Billy Taylor, Nico Time, Asano Hashmi, Brent Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, Out in the Anthony Smith, James Grusin, Mark Israel, Jeffrey Collins. We'll get into some more shout outs of our associate producers in a little bit. As you can hear, for those who tuned in last night to DTKC Show Extra, I have my voice back. I lost my voice at the very end. You know, after that happened last night, I coughed up a storm. And I just took a step back, and I was like, "Yeah, I did five shows last week, plus I worked five days, and all I did was argue on the telephone." And then you know I have my girlfriend that I have to fucking talk to, and then I got a mother, and I got a fucking. I should be talking like you know like a frog right now. I'm shocked that my voice is back. Anyway, uh, let's get into some questions. Cool shit. Brian BK, do I think? I can go one month without talking about race, just as a challenge, because not too long ago, I actually was pretty good in the challenge of not bringing up Trump. For the most part, if you notice, I've eliminated 98 points set of, of discussion with Trump. Yeah, I will. I will do my damnest to leave race out of the shows. Now, for occasional listeners out there, you know, nobody's, oh, what is he fucking going racial about now? No, we talk about. Certain things with race. You know, look, I'm sorry when I said the iconics before, you know, if they weren't from Australia. I'm sorry, Australia is not a race, that's a country. So, did I get my mother in law gift, Burrito's asking me? Yes, I did. I got her this little flower, floral bouquet. It's actually really nice. I wanted to get her like this really nice plant. The problem is, is that my girlfriend's got three Yorkies. And they like to jump up and eat anything. And I just know what's going to happen. The plant that I wanted to get her was like 80 bucks. I would have bought it. And, you know, it would have been delivered. And because she's Ecuadorian, I would have heard Monday, Oh, Dios mio! Oh, Dios mio! Oh, Dios mio! Beautiful! Dios mio! And then two days later, my girlfriend will call me and say, Oh, you're not going to believe this. Austin fucking bit... Uh, yeah, she named the dog after Steve Austin, by the way. But the dog is nine years old, so this is a while back. But uh, yeah, no, Austin ate all the leaves. So no, so I ended up getting this floral design this way in 10 days. You know, it's dead. <laughs> the The flowers, that is. Uh, Yeah, but no, Brian BK, I promise you, unless others patrons, listeners, bring up something as do it race and it is a legitimate conversation. I will have that conversation. I'm not going to, you know, uh, censor anybody that wants to talk about something that's really relevant, but I promise you I will do my damnest not to uh, bringing up bring it up on the shows even if it's a joke. Even if it's a joke. I I will take that challenge. I like challenges. I like challenges if people notice And I also don't like backstabbers. I don't like lazy people either. All right, yes, no, I am very, very lazy. Be lazy in the privacy of your own home, but don't be lazy involving me. And that's not a hidden shot at Kev or anything else. I'm just telling everybody, even with my office, when I have shit going down in my office, if my fucking secretary is on a fucking phone, oh, Cookie, did you see what happened yesterday on blah, 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 blah show? The fuck out of here, please, please. Take that phone, turn it off, call this fucking person, get the payment. They're going to cancel in two hours. And I'm not nasty like that. I kind of say that to myself. Yeah, she calls her friend Cookie. Oh, Cookie, did you see this, Cookie? Meanwhile, she's fucking 53 years old, Cookie. You look like more like a fucking case of fucking cookies. See, this is what we people got to be careful about now. I'm down to 257. My goal is 237 by July 4th. And I'm going to make that goal. I never liked challenges before. Now I fucking love it. I love debating and I love challenges. I try to debate Kev all the time. And you could see I try to drag him in. I try to draw him in. And unfortunately, I'm casting the pole. And uh, an hour later, after it's in the water, I take the pole out and the night crawler is still crawling around while it's on the hook. You know, I can't get people into it. That's probably why I like doing the show with Mish even better than the solo shows because that motherfucker is like the 180 of me, and he will come right after me with that stuff. But um, I like challenges. I really do. I like challenges. So Anyway, Tommy Pikeshi. Do I feel WWE's fallen yet to a level like it was in 94, 96? He knows financially it's not the case, but when it comes to quality, those years... Don't look so bad anymore. Tommy, it's not on the level of 94 to 96. I know it sounds good, and I know that's an easy thing for people to put online, but it's not. The In 94 and 96, you still had WCW. You were about to have the NWO. You had ECW. I was an ECW fan in 1993. I became a fucking obsessed ECW fan in 1995. 1995 was probably my favorite year as an ECW fan. I loved 97 and 98 as well, but 95 really did it for me. So when you look at 94, 95, and 96, you had WCW. You had ECW. You still had territories in the South. Jerry Lawler, you know, maybe he wasn't you know, involved as much as he used to, but there was some fucking awesome shit going down. I don't, I brought up recently on the history show when the gangsters fucking had that that flag match against Undertaker and uh, what the fuck's his name? I'm drawing a blank right now. Maybe somebody in on Discord will remember. But, um, you know, there was some awesome shit still going on at that time. And you had a huge number of larger-than-life stars, and you had wrestlers that were on the verge of being larger-than-life stars. Steve Austin, at the time, was stunning Steve Austin. Hollywood blondes. Not on the level of Stone Cold, obviously. And yeah, he had fucking, you know, the ringmaster in the midst of all of this, which was god-awful. But still, the Hollywood blondes was awesome, but it wasn't selling out buildings. So you had so much Goddamn talent that could jump ship. And then the Monday Night Wars, that led into some awesome, awesome years. You look at now. Look, AEW, I'm probably more supportive of them than anybody in the inner circle over here. I actually have no problem with some of the business practices of Conrad. People want to pay the money. Good for them. So, AEW is definitely got momentum, but when I look at the roster, I don't know if you're going to get a Jericho, or I, I, I'm not talking about Jericho now. I'm talking about Lion, or, you know, Pegasus. Uh, you know, you're not going to have a young Eddie Guerrero or a young Jericho or a young Benoit or maybe a young Milenko or an up-and-coming Rocky Maivia or, you know, Cactus Jack, you know, turning into Mankind, turning into Mick Foley. You do love mixed in with that. You're not going to have fucking Steve Austin, Undertaker still, Hogan, NWO, Ric Flair, Sting, Goldberg. You look at all of that. Yeah, you got Kenny Omega. And you get the Young Bucks. what else seriously and that's not a shot against AEW I'm just saying if you actually take the rosters of the wrestlers from 94 to 96 and you look at it now it's not the same it's not even close if you would say to me now would I rather have right now or 94 to 96 I'll take 94 to 96 any day of the week ECW stuff in 95 was enough for me. Did we excuse and ignore a lot of attention to detail and storyline stupidity in the attitude Era because of the product being so good? No, no, didn't ignore attention to detail at all. When writing is great, not every little thing has to be perfect. But when writing is bad, some things have to be near perfect. And that's the problem. You can't, fucking just wing stuff. You can't just do things to keep making statements. Look, if WWE had top ratings on a momentum, nothing negative going on, yeah, you could sneak in a fucking Nicholas as a tag team champion. You could sneak in the fucking Iconics and uh, Hawkins and Ryder fucking having a, uh, an extended tag run. You can have the certain people getting certain push. You can have certain things being like, at the expense of the men, you could, you know what? Let's try to like get a couple extra women on the show. Let's try, let's just test it out. You know, if it doesn't work, don't worry about it. We have five, six other storylines that everybody's going nuts over. But you can't, you can't. And in this day and age, you know, ignore a lot of attention to detail and then deliver subpar stuff on top of it. Because what happens? When you meet the guy of your dreams, you know what? He looks good. He smells good. He's got a great job. Awesome sense of humor. Smart. Lives by himself. But he bites his nails. And I caught him like picking his ass. And you know what? I, I noticed that, you know, he, he wore the same shirt two days in a row. All right, maybe that's not on level for you to break up with the person. No, I never did that. Maybe one day here and there. um, But, you know, when that person has so many other great qualities, yeah, you know, I let that go. All right? All right, my girlfriend, the teeth are really fucking crooked. It looks like, you know, one chicklet is looking at 9 o'clock, the other chicklet is looking at 3 o'clock, and the other fucking two chicklets in the middle look like Andre the Giant Teeth. But you know what? She's beautiful, she's smart, great sense of humor, caring, stays out of trouble, doesn't party, not the cheating type, you know, doesn't do drugs, has a great education, head on her shoulders, great job, you know, allows me to do some of the shit that I do. And I'm exaggerating about the girlfriend's teeth, by the way. The point is, it would be funny if she ever like you ever see forensic files where they show like dead people and oh she had a bite mark in her neck, and then they take like the impression of the criminal's teeth and they put it against the bite mark, perfect match. Yeah, you know, it would be it would be like a a really horrible episode of forensic files if like my girlfriend ever like killed someone and bit their arm. And they showed on TV like what the teeth impression would look like. I don't know. I think, I honestly think it would look like, you know, like maybe like someone in, uh, I can't say it. I almost said it, I would have gotten ripped apart and I would have failed the challenge already. So uh, you get my point. When you have a lot of good things going, you let a little thing go here and there. You could look past it. But when everything is fucked up, You know, oh my God, look, I have a new pair of underwear. You know, but your armpits still smell like fucking rotten avocados and you didn't shave and you got nose hairs going down to to your fucking lip and you fucking stink and when are you going to get a job and, you know, get off social media? You know, that's, that's what it is, Tommy. And it's funny because I've said since the late 90s about attention to detail. I've always been a stickler to detail since day one of going back to my hotlines, I've always noticed the tiny little things. Because to me, you should do your hardest to put out a great performance. And it feels like WWE just wings it. You know, just, ah, oh, you know, whatever. You know, All right, just throw them out there. That's what it feels like a lot. It doesn't feel like it's a real thought-out process. And what's hilarious about it this is this is amazing. I I've talked before how I used to love picking the brain of Stephen D'Angelo, who was the ECW announcer, and um, you know just a real talented guy, even on off Broadway, doing the stuff that he did. And he used to tell me a little bit about you know a little more detail of what we all knew online about the yes men around Vince McMahon. He had to have yes men. Had to yes him to death. Yes, Mr. McMahon. Yes, Vince. Yes, yes, yes. not yes, 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 but they would be yes men. Vince, I love it. And meanwhile, they're saying to themselves, oh, this is God awful. What do you think? Oh, yes, it's great, Vince. Now you look at it and it's like, my God, they were all yes men back then and look at the fucking product and the ratings that it had. What yes men do they have now? I mean, seriously, they, it, people complained about all the yes-men back then. How many shoot interviews have you heard people say, oh, Vince had these old yes-men, and I wanted to do this and would love to have done this, but you know, Vince's yes-men got on. Well, motherfucker, the ratings was still fucking through the roof, and it fucking put WCW out of business, and it had the money Night Awards and succeeded, and had the Attitude Era and did all this other stuff. So, sorry, you know, a lot of stuff did get, you know, the way it ended up, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. So, maybe he was entitled to have some yes-people. These days, instead of saying, yes, Vince in the back, what are you saying? "Uh, uh, uh, No, I'm not going there. (laughs) I won't go there. I won't go there. People could imagine where I was going to go. Not going to go there. Ah, Charity auctions. Oh, you know, right for this week. Ah, That's your wish? That's your wish? I want my brother to be a tag team champion with Braun Strowman. I want... CM Black Pixels, can WWE's version of pro wrestling ever thrive in the current PC era, or is it a lost cause? It's not a lost cause, it's a billion-dollar company. But it's funny. I think I said a month ago that WWE is preparing for a dip in the stock. What was it, five days later, it went down 20%? (sighs) I'm a genius, right? See, I can predict when things go downward, but can I predict when they go upward? I don't know. I don't know. I used to own the WWE stock. When I owned it long time ago, it was $10 a share. Yeah, I kind of regret selling it. I didn't have that much of it. But still, I should have fucking kept it. At the time, I think I sold it for like $14 a share. And I was like, oh, cool. Now I can order dinner tonight with the money that I made. Yeah, it only took me nine months to get this free dinner. Man, anyway, uh, no, it's not a lost cause. I just, I don't know, man. I'm really hoping AEW can uh, really get a little momentum. You know, I think somebody needs to piss off Khan. Khan! Somebody needs to piss him off. He's a really nice guy. I mean, Khan, I I know I've made jokes in a goody, goody, goody. I made jokes in the past. But Khan does come off as a likable guy. He comes off as wanting, you know, this to be a nice little niche. I just don't know what his end game is. You know, when you got these fucking goofs like F- F- filet of Fish, fucking doing these interviews, and he's more, you know, uh, concerned about, oh, make sure we take that selfie after, make sure we're hugging, make sure we're holding each other's shoulders. Make it look like I'm your buddy, fucking bitch. You know, look at me But at the end, do you feel like fucking fucking Khan wants to reach for the stars? Reach for the light. Do you think he wants to get all this crazy money? Or does he just having fun? New hobby. You know, look, if I don't even if I lose a little bit, I'm involved in something that I loved all my life. Something that I cherish. So even if we can make wrestling a little bit better than what it, what it was before, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 Do you know this week is the anniversary of the announcement that NWA TNA was coming in June and it was going to be weekly pay-per-views, $9.95. And Jeff Jarrett with all these quotes and this. We're not competing with WWE. We're not in their league. We're just offering it's a little alternative and this isn't an it. And you know what Meltzer back then had some great analysis of it. You know, WWE had pay-per-views every month 34.95. TNA thought that their fans would pay 39.96 by having four weekly pay-per-views at 9.95 each. The difference, WWE had free shows on TV leading up to pay-per-views TNA did not. And the thing is is that back then when you actually read back at what Jarrett said and then later on Dixie Carter, you know, no, you know, we just want to make wrestling better. We want to just fill the void for the WCW fans that never went over to WWE. We want to fill that void that you know want something different from WWE. It sounds a little kind of familiar right now, eh? Eh? Doesn't it sound familiar? Eh? And but I remember Vince McMahon did an interview. It's on my YouTube account. I recorded it in 1985 when you had all these goofy fucking entertainment shows like Entertainment and all these others. It's wrestling fake. It's wrestling fake. And then you would have all these interviews. And I remember Vince McMahon doing an interview. I have it on my fucking thing because I recorded it. And he's saying, you know what? You reach for the moon and everything you know, before it or around it or surrounding it. You reach for the fucking stars. You reach for the fucking pinnacle. I'm not saying that AEW needs to fucking go for the jugular, but don't give this aura. Don't give this aura, oh, you know, we just want to be our own little thing. That shows that you're you you you're trying to uh, prevent stirring up anger from the competition. And trust me, trust me, if AEW doesn't think they're competition for WWE, send whatever fucking you're taking. All right, just don't send me stuff to smoke. I'm not good at smoking stuff. Because the reason why I say that, Cody, uh, Khan, Jericho, Young Bucks, Brandy, all the others, oh, you know, we're not, we're not trying to compete this and that. You could say those nicey things. But meanwhile, WWE, they're going for your fucking jugular. 365. And you need to know that because as nice as you could be, as classy as you could be, as cool as you could come across, the other side looks at you as a threat, even though you may not be. And even though you may not try to impede what they're doing, they will still look at you as a threat. It's almost like a jealous boyfriend. You got a boyfriend He's going out with a girl, and the girl is committed to that guy. I only love you. I love nobody else but you. I only love you. You're my heart. You're my number one. Nobody but you. And the minute you go out and a guy just happens to look at it, what the fuck you looking at? Why don't you take a picture? It lasts longer. The fuck is your problem? You know, what the fuck you looking at, cocksucker? Why don't you come over here, you motherfucker? Honey, I'm I'm with you. What, what are you doing that for? Motherfucker, that guy, I'm telling you, he's going to hit on you. Motherfucker, this is it. <laughs> Jealous. That's what WWE is looking at AEW right now. WWE has their girlfriend in the universe. And the minute they think, AEW, are you looking at the universe? The fuck you looking at? AEW, what the fuck you looking at? Take a picture of it last longer, motherfucker. What are you doing? Prick. Sorry about all the expletives, everyone. But sorry, you know, when a jealous boyfriend sees some guy looking at your girlfriend, you're not going to say, uh, "Excuse me, what are you observing here? Um, do I have to tweet tonight about you? Do I have to? Do I have to put you on blast? Do I have to tell all my friends?" And you know what? If we happen to have mutual friends, they're going to unsubscribe. They're going to unfriend you. Now, do you want that? Do you really, really want that? Really? Shut up. Series, shut up. So they got to be really careful. Don't give this, oh, we're good people. You know, we're not trying to compete or fight. No, do your own thing. Act like WWE isn't around. Act like they're not even in business. Do your product. Get your stuff over and have this aura that, you know what? Maybe you could reach for the stars. TNA, look, had a nice run. In the end, didn't work out the way Dixie Carter expected. She did have a nice run, and at some point she had 1.6 million viewers. Didn't Hogan's debut do 2.1 million for that quarter? My God, Hogan's debut in TNA did a higher rate. Now yes, there wasn't Hulu and other stuff at that time, and that's why I don't compare it. My point is, you gotta start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Do your own thing, act like WWE doesn't exist. Ignore him and don't try to hire people like Undertaker to do an autograph signing, even if it's not AEW signing him. And then when WWE pulls him, I'm shocked. I thought WWE would do it. You know what? I thought this one time, I thought WWE would do it. No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. And you know what? They know that they were wrong, but they have to put this aura online because they want people to get so upset with WWE that, oh, I need to go to AEW because WWE, well, do they really need to pull Undertaker? That's so fucked up. So you know what? I have to stay with a company that really, really cares. Come on. Seriously, stay away from the people that you know that WWE could fuck with. Man. Uh, let's see, through the years, uh, best merch. What are some of my favorite shirts I've seen? Ah, I don't know, CM Black. I was never a big shirt guy. I mean, you know, you had your Austin 316. I could honestly say I never owned an Austin 316 shirt. I bought it for others. Never owned an Austin 316 shirt. Love the Cactus Jack shirt, the Wanted Dead. I got some other really unique shirts. Um, I actually got three different Cactus Jack shirts that are very rare, that I absolutely love. Um, Terry Funk shirts that I loved. I was never a big wrestling shirt guy, to be honest with you. Uh, Ralph Ramirez, do I think WWE would do a hard reset after Mania? I mean, all the major feuds, some of the roster goes away for a couple months. No, no, no. Ain't happening. Ain't happening. They want to stay on momentum. They don't want to, you know, they don't want to get in lows. See, they can't afford people to... Look, Vince... You know, our revenues down. All the injuries. Now, what if the revenues down? Oh, you give people off. Come on, In taking giving people months off. What's the difference between that and an injury perception? They're still not on TV. So no, I don't. I don't see that at all. Um, John Krauser, I love this one. If Andy Kaufman was still alive today, today, what do I think he'd be doing? Do I think with the Me Too movement, his actions in the past would be a serious hot-button issue today? Uh, Maybe. You know, there's always going to be people that are going to be upset about everything. Look, the night we had the Firefly thing, I came up here and said that investors and parents were going to get butthurt about it. Not all, but, uh, you know, a number enough to be noticeable. And, you know, Mish, no, no, not even 24 hours later. I woke up 6 o'clock in the morning, crust in my eyes, and I go on fucking, you know, emails, check my emails, any policies canceling. All right, check social media before I fucking jump in my shower. And what do I see? Hey, DT, you were right. Did you see this? Oh, my 3-year-old wants to buy a chainsaw. Oh, this investor is upset, and this, this, is that. There's going to be people upset about everything. I talked in the past about that one atheist that doesn't want the manger around the fucking courthouse in a blah, blah, blah state. There's always going to be somebody but hurt somewhere. So, and what would Andy Kaufman be doing right now? I honestly don't know. I honestly feel that once Jim Carrey did Man on the Moon, I think Jim Carrey had this maybe subconscious obsession not to be Andy Kaufman, but to be strange. I don't know. I, I this aura about him. I don't like Jim Carrey at all. But you know, when you look back and you see the making of Man on the Moon, you know, I love that he really got that deep into Andy Kaufman's character. But some of it was just, you know, okay, this guy's like getting weird as fuck. And ever since then I always felt like he wanted to be the next Andy Kaufman. I don't know if anybody else out there feels that way, but I always got that impression about him. But I really don't know what Kaufman would be doing right now, to be honest with you. But, you know, he he was my top two favorites back then. It was Kaufman and John Belushi. Those were my two favorites at that time. Then Dice came around and, you know, the rest was history. Jamie Vaquera, Vaquera. Do I see WWE being sold to another company or somebody buying WWE after Vince passes away? Also, do I see Vince being the Al Davis of the wrestling world? He thinks so because back then he was ahead of his time but now his ideas don't work because the world has changed. You know, Jamie, um, it's not that Vince's uh, doesn't work anymore because the world has changed. It doesn't work because he's, he's old. He's human. He might think... That he's a genetic freak. And we look at him as God because of all the years and decades we've been entertained. But he's mortal. At some point, people do break down physically and mentally. He is the majority, you know, owner. He is the guy that's gonna answer the questions. And you know, and they did that little storyline on TV that time where Triple H removed Vince of his duties. And Triple H was, was crying in the ring and shedding a tear and Vince was crying. You know, at that time, some people thought that that was kind of like what's happening behind the scenes is playing out TV on storyline. And that's why it got so emotional for both of them and they really did start shedding a tear. Now you realize all these years later that that's not the case at all. So it's just, look, you get old and they can't help but the PR perspective of their company. This public relations, this PSA, everybody's gotta have a, a cause and instead of just being entertainment sometimes. You know, you look at the WWE roster, not every single person is involved with all these causes. That doesn't make them a bad person. And at the same time, you see what Naomi's doing with the Boys and Kids Club and you see what others are doing. That's fucking great. That's awesome. Because there are a shitload of misguided kids and, you know, young adults out there. And, you know, to have role models and look, look at yourselves growing up. I mean, other than your parents or, you know, your guardian or relatives, who are your role models? And something tells me that at some point, maybe when you were very young and then maybe as you got older, you're like, wow, I can't believe that guy, I looked up to him. You probably had wrestling involved in some way, shape or capacity. Wrestling is one of those forms of entertainment that a lot of kids and young adults really do look at as role models. So, you know, that's that's, uh, hard to resist when, you know, you're an entertainment company and you're simulating violence, but yet you could still, you know, convince people to let their children watch it. You know, it's... See, the thing is, and this maybe I should have kind of said earlier, but it really didn't fit. You know, under, just take a step back and think of what wrestling actually is. It simulated violence. It's soap opera that leads to simulated violence. There's nothing you could do to ever change that. They're not going to play checkers in the ring. You might have a dance-off once in a while. You're not going to see fucking strip teasers anymore. You're not going to see bikini contests. But the point is, at the end of the day, it's simulated violence. You can never change that. So as much as WWE wants to be kid-friendly, as much as WWE wants to have this beautiful PR about themselves at the end of the day their product is still simulated violence plain and simple it's simulated violence it's not oh it's an athletic commission c- competition no <laughs> kevin owens turning on you know kofi kingston no he's not i challenge you to a match at the, the Money in the Bank, you know, like Andre the Giant, I challenge you to a match at the Money in the Bank. No, he turned on him, beat him up, hit him in the ring. It's simulated violence. That's what it is. So you could only be so kid-friendly. You could only be, you know, so much that you want to be. And the problem is, is that they sometimes go way over that line and it's at the expense of fans. Look, you know, they had to fucking make these women look like they were killing the world backstage in that skit. Some people loved it. Some people thought it was god awful, you know, and they would, they're in the back and they're beating up security cops. And Ronda Rousey's got this talent of fucking driving a vehicle with her hands tied behind her back and shit like this. I mean, they did so over the top with what happened. You know what I mean? Like it, it was goofy. Some people thought it was so goofy that they liked it. Fine. But the thing is, is that when it's that goofy, you know what I'm—you know what I'm saying? It—it it, it gets to a point where it's just dumb. It's just absolutely dumb. And you can not you, you can only go so far in wrestling. As much as they want to take it to a different level they're going to do it at the expense of a lot of fans. And that's what's happening. You want to push this agenda of, you know, you know give, give more women a chance? Okay. The ratings go down further. When is somebody gonna have the balls and actually say, you know what, maybe we shouldn't have given the women a chance? How dare you say that? You hate women. They want you to be guilty to say that. And it's not just wrestling. It goes across politics and everything else. So that's how I look at it. And do I think it could be sold? Sure. WWE could be sold to anybody at any given point for the right price. I know it's Vince's baby and everything like that, but still, you could get an insane amount of money for it. I think WWE would seriously consider the offer. They got investors to answer to also. Brosinator, in my opinion, what has Brandy Rhodes done as chief brand officer for AEW? Other than posting modeling pics, I don't know. I don't see what she does behind the scenes. I don't have a problem with Brandy Rhodes being that position. Even if it's just a pre- position because it's entertainment, I think she does a lot of stuff behind the scenes. I think they all bust their ass behind the scenes. If you, and I'm not saying it's the bros thing, I'm just saying just in general. You don't give a shit about Brandy Rhodes or you just don't take her seriously as far as involvement in AEW. Don't pay attention to her. And if she's posted modeling pics and you don't like it, don't follow her. It's amazing how many podcasters I hear complain about certain people and they're following them. And I almost feel like they're following them because they just want to see like, did they say anything about me? Did anybody comment about me? Oh my God, did they write something about me? And then when that person sometimes does answer them back, oh no, 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 I didn't mean it like that. No, 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 Oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry, I don't tweet fuck. I don't tweet fuck. Just because somebody famous happens to like our show or my show likes what we do you know i think one of the reasons why some of the some famous people in wrestling do like what we do because we're brutally honest we tell it like it is we don't mean angst i don't want to see any ill will really happen to anybody in wrestling of course the board i don't want to see that personally you know i talk about on tv Performance, entertainment. You don't entertain me, I'm going to say it. So to be that brutally honest and blunt that got people to like you and then because now, you know, they're like, oh, no, 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 uh, fuck out of here. I don't tweet fuck. And I see it now. I see people writing stuff about allegations of wrestling. I saw the stuff today with Lars. They're bringing up... Stuff from message boards from 13 years ago again. Oh, will Lars be arrested because of what he wrote on a message board? And I'm thinking to myself, wait, did he just write something on a message board? I click on it. It's from 2006. You're still bringing this shit up? Do you want to be tweet fucked? Are you trying to get his attention that bad? Oh, no, 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 no. Somebody wrote yesterday. And Gerwick, if you're listening, Fire that matarats. Fire that fucking reject that's on your website that actually reposted the article of Vince McMahon talking about like liking his cousin or wanting to bang his cousin, whatever it was. It's from a Playboy interview from what, 2001? Why is that being posted now? Oh, no, 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 no. Why are you posting that? Because somebody else posted it? the fuck is that there for? Get rid of these morons. I don't understand. People don't like certain things. Why do you follow people? Why do you follow products? Why do you watch it? Oh, I want it to get better. Whoa, whoa. But when it gets better, then you watch it. Why do you do podcasts? If it sounds like you're fucking on your deathbed. Oh, I need more morphine, please. More morphine, please. Please. If if you don't like it and you don't have energy, don't fucking do it. I don't understand. There's so many people across podcasts I see YouTube people. Uh, you know, I'm fed up. I've had it. You know, wrestling sucks. It's not what it used to be. I can't take it anymore. It's garbage. It's ridiculous. I can't watch it. I had to turn it off. I had to do this. Why are you still covering it? Oh, because I'm a wrestling fan. Shut up. Shut up. If you want to talk about the bad stuff and how it could get better... Fine, but when you do this over the top, oh, I don't watch it. to turned it off. I went, oh, no, 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 please. <sighs> this is a weird episode today. Sharon Pierce, I'll get back to your Democrat question, Sean. Do I think a wrestler's performance in the ring of promos can make or break the storyline, or could a storyline make or break a wrestler's performance? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I can't think of any individual offhand but we have had storylines in the past that have just eaten some wrestlers alive there have been some wrestlers who got awful in a storyline or just cut a horrible promo and you just you know get turned into damaged goods quickly then there's some people who are so charismatic on the mic or just have that presence about them that you know it they're teflon i remember goldberg i mean goldberg when he first came in he was two moves one in 20 seconds nobody bitched. nobody could play could you imagine if goldberg started his career now on tv all these fucking geniuses on twitter you know in 30 seconds you, this guy's two moves he sucks he sucks he sucks he can't do nothing he sucks he don't even cut promos. He sucks. He looks. Yeah! Sucks. People to these days, you know, Sharon, and I mean this, I think everybody listening to me is going to mean this, agree with me as well. There are a lot of people who are online that overly voice out their complaints that really don't have that much of a problem with wrestling. But, when they voice out and they get a bunch of people, yo, I agree with you 100%. Yo, on point. Yo, you said it. Oh, plus one. Oh, man. Liked it, retweeted it, loved it. Oh, man. Can't agree with you more, brother. Oh, man. You know, but meanwhile, is it really that bad? That's why what I said on Monday about the wild card thing. Is it some desperation? Sure. Everybody out on the computer and on podcasts that I heard, people that I know, you know, ripping to shreds the wild card, you know, just all this. And and what did I say? I said, look, if it gives us some matches that we wanted to see, hey, I want to see AJ Styles versus Finn Balor a little bit more. If we're going to get some of those matches down the line, I don't care how goofy the reason was, but if we end up getting better shit on TV, what's wrong with that? Oh, no, 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 no. <sighs> Getting back to Bros. Let's say one of these crazy Democrats takes over creative of the main roster of WWE with Joe Biden, AOC, Bernie Sanders. Could I come up with a quick breakdown of what Raw and Smackdown would look like? No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. It's just you can't mix fucking seven-year-old politicians that have nothing ever to do with wrestling. You can't. You can't. They just they're not charismatic like that. You just can't. I've tried. People have said to me, like, oh, could you imagine this? No, I really can't, to be honest with you. It's funny. I think we will see some satire down the line, but they have to walk the fine line because Linda McMahon is part of Trump's re-election campaign, and WWE is not going to try to tinker with that. You will see representatives of WWE at the Democratic National Convention. You will see representatives of WWE at the Republican National Convention, and they will do what a lot of podcasts do. They will talk on both sides of their mouth, they will try to walk that fine line because they're afraid of being getting criticism. Me, I don't give a fuck. Paul Bieloski. One of my thoughts on the Von Ericks wrestling in MLW. Not seen a lot of them. Wondering if I think WWE would ever be interested in them. Um, you know, putting the Von Ericks in the Hall of Fame this year had nothing to do with Kevin Sons, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Kevin's Sons, uh, as far as Ross and Marshall Von Erich. They are talented. I'm not saying that they're major players, not, not by a long shot. They're young and upcomers, and I mentioned this yesterday on DTKC Show Extra. MLW has Teddy Hart, Davey Boy Smith Jr. They have second and third generation wrestlers there. And add the Von Erics to, to it, is smart. it's smart. It's very smart. Um, You know, it's, they're, they're talented. They still have a long way to go. They're not polished yet, but you know what? Why not? Why not, MLW? I honestly have no problem with that whatsoever. Look, could WWE pick them up in the future? Sure, why not? But right now, I think they definitely need two or three more years of seasoning, and then we'll see where it goes. Uh, Let's see. Another question. He knows it's speculation, but why wouldn't WWE finally build the actual Hall of Fame? It's property. It's not easy. You know, it's not easy to find the perfect piece of property. You also got to, it's got to be a tourist attraction. You also got to fill it up with memorabilia. And no, you can't just throw out fucking remnants of the Titan Trons and, you know, the million dollar belt and stuff like that. I do believe one day we will have some form of a WWE Hall of Fame. It's just. There's going to be a lot of work involved, a lot of investment. You know, when you do, you look at other Hall of Fames. I mean, look, you can't compare it to the Baseball Hall of Fame, but you look at some of the smaller Hall of Fames in all different genres in the world. You know, you could see like this the foundation of what you need. I mean, having Andre's boots there and Hogan's this, and maybe Andre's handprint and so. Yeah, you could do all that. But it's got to be in the right area. It's got to have the right type of property. It's, it's just, there's so many other aspects of it that people don't think about. I don't think it's WWE just not wanting to do it. I really think they do want to do it, especially if it could generate revenue, sure. But I don't know. I don't know. I It's going to be a little while. It could be done if they put the right work into it, but they need to find the right. I remember there was a a piece of land in Florida that there was a lot of rumors that they were seriously considering purchasing. For some reason, it did not happen. And it was more than just a rumor. That I know for sure. The taxes in Florida, there's some areas in Florida that are not bad. But again, you want to be near tourist attractions. You want to be near I'm not saying where the performance center is, but you wanna be in an area where if WWE does have an event there, you want the Hall of Fame building to be able to piggyback that. You don't want people to have to drive 300 miles just to go from the Hall of Fame to, you know, no. We'll see, we'll see. Um, Cockboy, what's a top-notch authentic Italian restaurant that's not too pricey, but delicious in the Queens, Brooklyn area? Well, I'll tell you, you know, over recent years and I really don't want to bring up restaurants that I went to a long time ago. There's one in Long Island called King Umberto's that I used to love going to, but I heard that they got very expensive. Then I know there's some other restaurants that I won't name that have turned into the drizzling shits that I used to love going to. So as far as restaurants right now that I have been to that I absolutely love, my number one, is Bruno's in Howard Beach. Believe it or not, for you Jason Solomonster fans out there, and I've mentioned this before, Jason was looking for a nice Italian restaurant to go to in my neck of the woods a couple of years ago. I told him about Bruno's, and he went. He went. And I joked with him after. I said, Jason, what if I had a hit job on you? What if you would have walked in? It would have been like Joe Pesci. You would have heard that theme, that song in the background, and he would have, oh, no. And then he got away. Kidding. But no, he really went and he loved it. So Bruno's is my number one. I don't know how much I can go like I used to because you know I'm really staying strict in as far as my diet, but Mateo's is another one that's excellent in my neck of the woods, but Mateo's is always to me too busy. Don Pepe is in South Ozone Park. That's a very good restaurant as well. It might be a little bit more on the pricey side. Barossa which is on Woodhaven Boulevard in Queens near Rego Park. That's actually pretty damn good as well. Spillini's and Kew Gardens is another one. Um, trying to think who else. Uh, you know, Lenny's Clam Bar in Howard Beach is is a staple, mate. It's okay. But those are the ones that are my go-tos. I don't really go to Brooklyn anymore. So if I gave you some recommendations, they would be way outdated. So I don't think uh would be smart for me to do that. Uh, he doesn't know if I've done this already, but if my girl came over to my office and my secretary was out for lunch, would I consider doing it in the office or am I way too professional? No, Cockboy, way too professional. Way too professional. I would be afraid that somebody would walk in and even if I had the door locked, you know, they would be banging on the door. and What am I going to do? You know, give me a second and my hair is all messy or, you know, I got my shirt half off or my pants pulled down. I just, I wouldn't take the chance. I mean... I told everybody on Patreon two weeks ago when I posted that video on Twitter when the customer gave me pastries right in the middle of my diet and I couldn't eat them and then people were like, oh, show us where you fell off the ladder and then I did the second video and I still got the TV that almost crushed me and I started kicking the TV on video. You can go on my Twitter and see it right now. As Soon as I hit stop, I opened the door to go back to my desk, and there was a customer in the front, I didn't even hear him come in. And he heard me say, you son of a bitch, and I'm kicking the TV. So he's looking at me like, what did I just hear? And then I told him the story, he got a good laugh, he wanted to see the video of me falling off the ladder, and all was good. But still now, I know every time he comes in now, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, that guy just heard me fucking kicking the TV and cursing it out. Uh, Tommy, what's the name of the pizzeria in Howard Beach that I've talked about? Um, Oh, New Park Pizza. That's the infamous one. You know, the same owners own it. But, you know, the thing I have to say, for anybody out there that's ever heard about New Park Pizza and you think of the racial incident from 1986, you know, something nobody ever brings up. And I got to stress this. Nobody that owned or worked for New Park Pizza was involved in that. And like I I got to stress that because, you know, for many years you would have people that call, oh shit, that the pizzeria, those cocksuckers, that the, they weren't involved. They just so happened, that was the pizzeria. It's so everybody, oh, you remember the New Park incident. You could Google it. You could live, you know, across the world right now. If you Google it, you'll see the stories. It was fucked up. It was very fucked up. And I've told the story in the past. One of the guys that chased um, those, uh, black kids onto the highway. One of them came into my father's store, thought he was a celebrity, wanted a fucking hero sandwich for free. After we fucking made this, I was there, made the sandwich, because I worked at the time there. Made the sandwich, gave it to him. I don't remember the guy's name, but he died like two years ago. I think he was like 43 years old now. But he's one of the guys that got arrested. He was on bail. And he went into my into my father's store, looked around like he thought he was a celebrity, like, like Jersey Shore, the 86 version of Jersey Shore, 87. And he wanted a hero. And after the, he made the sandwich up, the guy who was working me on the counter wrote like six bucks on it or whatever. He's like, You want me to pay for this? My father happened to be standing there. My father's like, Who are you? And he's like, Who am I? And he told him his name. My father, I don't give a shit who you are. <laughs> you don't want you don't want to pay it? No, he didn't do like fucking meatballs. Oh no, it was Caddyshack. You know, oh no fifty, you got no fifty cents, you got no coke. No, my father's like, you don't want to pay for it? Good. He put this thing. In fact, I think my father actually opened up the sandwich and bit it in front of him because that's something my father would do. My father wouldn't take the sandwich and just put it in the back and say, here, just put this back in the case. My father, right in front of the guy, would slowly open the paper. It's kind of like what I do to my girlfriend's dogs when she's not around. They'll see me eating steak, and they'll be sitting there, and I'll cut a piece, and I'll just like take the fork I don't know if some of you out there are guilty of doing this. I guarantee you, but you won't admit it. You take the fork and the dog sees it. The dog thinks that you're going to give it. And you have the fork by the plate, which is closer to the dog's mouth. And then what do you do? You take the fork and you slowly, slowly bring the fork to your mouth. And the slower you do it... What do you start hearing? What are you doing? Oh, you're on TV like that. And then I would eat that son of a bitch right in front of me. You ain't getting no steak. Eat my fucking onions from my salad. I ain't getting no steak. I think that's what my father would do. My father would have whipped the sandwich out and took a bite right in front of him and said, I own this store. This is my fucking sandwich. You don't want to pay for it. It's my motherfucker. I'm not kidding, too. I think my father would have done it that time. And ama- amazing, he did it to another Italian. Oh, my God. By the way, Brian, Italian's not a race. Just wanted to point that out. Uh, let's see. Lastly, he's heard me mention about my father being a black belt. Wow, that's funny segue, because I didn't even know this question was coming. Um, But he also heard that uh, I mentioned that my father grew up poor. And before finishing school, he went straight to the workforce, had three jobs raising us. Uh, Thank you for the kind words towards my father. Um, But how did he manage to take karate lessons? My father had a big time Italian temper. My father's friends, I never knew them, obviously. You know, when he hung out with his friends, I I wasn't born yet or too young. So my father, to release tension, he would take karate lessons. And he became a triple-degree black belt. He competed on ABC TV in 1977. I don't know if he came in third place or fifth place. I never brought it up you know, in a long time. But he became a big-time karate guy. And uh, there used to be a karate school on 101st Avenue in Ozone Park, Queens. My father knew the guy. And sometimes at night, because my father wanted to work out anyway, he would go there and teach karate lessons. And... My father tried teaching me like once or twice, and I, I don't even remember what he told me to do. All I remember is we were in the basement, and like five minutes later, he walked upstairs to my mother. He's like, "He's f- forget it, forget it. Let him, but let him go play Atari." You know, <laughs> I wasn't gonna learn karate. I just couldn't do it. I was like, "No, this is too hard." But you're just sticking your arm out. Go play Atari. Don't waste my time. That's what it was. Um. Yeah, so he was younger and um, it he just exercised, venting, release, tension, staying out of trouble. Plus, I think it's fun and it's a competition. It's a competition. He didn't like beating people up. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, you know, and I know a lot of people that like karate. So a couple more questions and we're out of here. Tim Everhart, Bob Mac, Lucha Dalban, Mendingo Chamberlain. Josh Wilson, Jason Pratska, Woodford, CJ Uihara, Cressman, James Deal, Donald J. Trump, L- Russell Zavala, Murrow Coombs Jr., Anna DeGay banana Douglas McKay, Carl Buteau, A.K. Cheese and Rice, Julian LeBlanc, Spider Lewin, Brandon Rice, the Metaphylt Fox, Rob McCabe, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren and Michael Cuomo. Thank you as always. They are our associate producers, as those who I mentioned earlier. They are the reason why this show remains free for everyone. Along with Monday. And they really help us tremendously with the content of the shows, them and our VIP members and our elite members, as you hear with some of the content being discussed today. But that's what's awesome about our Patreon family. They are really influential as far as what's discussed on these shows. And today's episode is a great example of that. And I'm not just pandering. I mean, I've said this on the Patreon shows. They actually build a nice little foundation of what is gonna be discussed, and then wherever that goes, it goes. Because somebody will bring up one topic and I'll create seven stories out of it. So, you know, it's not, oh, we're just answering questions and that's it. It is nothing like that. But, you know, pat yourselves on the back because I gave them only like a six or a seven hour notice today if they wanted to send in stuff for us to talk about, so. Um, Andrew914, have I ever seen The Good Family? Okay, that's the one I was talking about early from 2009 with Mike Judge, yes. ABC, family that liked, liked the, the, the natural, like the wildlife and nature, but was just over the top, I hated it. I watched two episodes, give me Beavis and Butthead back please. And I think Beavis and Butthead came back two years later. And ironically, we were talking about it yesterday. You know, it was God awful with those Jersey Shore and 16 and Pregnant skits in the middle of it. It was crap, crap. Hated that. Uh, The teacher looked a little bit like Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah, you know, I could see that. I definitely could see that. Uh, He used to buy bootleg video games on iOffer. And just to show how far back he goes with me with iOffer. And this blows me away. He remembers when I used to plug I offer and look, I'm sorry if this offends anybody out there. When Andrew Martin was alive, Test, before he had died, I there was a legendary post that Test had written once. I don't know if it was about the death of Eddie Guerrero or something, but you realized quickly that Andrew Martin may have been a sweetheart in real life. He may have been an ass. I don't know. I didn't know him. And it's tragic what happened to him. There's no denying that. But the one thing you realized very quickly when he wrote that is, number one, he didn't have a webmaster. And number two, I think he decided to go to the gym instead of going to third grade because he misspelled tons and tons of stuff. And when he would write the the you know the letter I, like I would go to the school, he would spell it E-Y-E. And I remember doing an early episode of—I uh, don't know if it was a DTKC show or Minority Report—and I had a field day with that. This guy was just—I mean, my God! You mean to tell me that there's no fucking seventeen-year-old chick out there that was fucking masturbating to you that you couldn't just fucking contact on MySpace and say, "Honey, you want to, you know, do my website?" You know, I'll tell you, you know, what to write and you could, you know, proofread it and do the spell checks and rewrite it for me and post cute little pictures of me and little graphics and, you know, what's going on in the life of Andrew Marner. No, he decides now, obviously, he had to have somebody because there's no way he built that website, you know, to quote Obama. You didn't build that. He didn't build that website. Unless maybe you had a webmaster and a webmaster's like, look, you know, you, you're too far gone, man. I I got to go do somebody else. You know, let me do kinglawler.com or something like that. You know, but I mean, he wrote this and the grammar was horrible. So when I would plug I offer, I would say that's I offer as an I, not an E-Y-E offer. So it's pretty fucking funny. The fact that you go back that far is pretty damn cool, to be honest with you. That's awesome. Uh, And everyone, check out the uh, Texas podcast, Massacre. Kev was on last week. I forget what movie that they were discussing, but I know a lot of you out there actually listened to it and enjoyed it tremendously. You can find the links, obviously, on the website, dontony.com, and the synopsis for all our shows. Shoot the Defense, shout out to Stell. uh, Great soccer podcast by soccer fans for soccer fans, and I know a lot of you tune in already. In fact, I think a lot of you tune into all of these shows. Every show has a different, you know, theme to him. Them. Rocked reviews, entertaining reviews, you know, uh, unique, you know, oddball music albums from yesterday, mostly in the rock scene. You can find them on YouTube under the name Rocked Reviews. You could also find DJ Dells on YouTube under the name The Sneaker Addict. Um, Tommy says, it sucks he didn't find us until 2015. Ah, you know what? There's archives. There's archives, but... You know, I, honestly, if you would have found this in 06, it would have been interesting because there was a totally different dynamic at that time. You know, things have changed a lot. But, you know, to be honest with you, I'm still having fun. So if you still enjoy listening to this for some weird reason, and I say that to everybody with love, uh, I'll keep doing them as long as I, you know, physically can and it doesn't interfere with, you know, real life stuff because that always has to come first. I expect you all to do the same as well. Uh, But Dells has an awesome podcast on YouTube, reviews sneakers, does wrestling shows, very well liked in the wrestling community. You know, that must be great to be able to go to these conventions and everybody's giving you hugs and, hey, how's everything? How's the family? I know that, you know, what's going on, Dells. Me, I, I have to like look at the, uh, you know, like who's going to be on there first and see is anybody going to curse me out or something like that. But I don't think anybody takes real seriously what I say on this stuff, for real. Elman Shah is a display store. It is awesome artwork. Does a lot of pop culture artwork on metal. I, I have bought some of his artwork. He's got some really great stuff there. SubZeroComics.com for your wrestling comic book and pop culture collectible needs. Christ in the Toyverse, Bob Mac, great people, really, really cool guy, great supporter of what we do as well. He reviews collectibles, figures, bobbleheads. He did that, you know, uh, that memorable review of my bobblehead and because I hate teenage mutant ninja turtles with a passion – He'll put my bobblehead in these really cool street scenes and subways with turtles and want to break my computer screen when I see it. But, you know, it just looks awesome, though. He's really, really good people. Find him on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. You got Your Best Bargains, LLC. Uh, He has an Amazon store and an eBay store. I have purchased from him several times in the past. Got some very cool things from collectibles to everyday items and I'm happy that some of you are PMing me about Raul Romo's House of Cards because he's got a pretty damn good store on eBay as well. I mean, for all of you out there that are into like wrestling cards or maybe some rare unopened packs, his prices are competitive, doesn't rip anybody off, and uh, he's got a really good selection there. So you could find him on eBay too. Other than that, I think that's it. You know, again, for those listening live especially, thank you for stopping by and listening. You know, again, I wasn't prepared to do it live today, but I was thinking about, you know, the new tier and everybody signing up, and I wanted to give them a little more than just the Live Tuesday. so I thought, hey, Brexel Blasi is a non-Patron show, so if I can, you know figure out a time where we could do it around the same time every week and do it live and do it on discord and let you interact and tune in as well. Why not? So that's just a little extra. And I'm always trying to give everybody a little extra everywhere I can. You know, I, when I say I'm always trying to think outside the box and, you know, just trying to be interactive with everyone. You know, I really do try as hard as I can. I know, you know, during the shows, I could be a real asshole at times. Yes, I call myself an asshole sometimes, but at the end of the day, I just want people to forget about their problems and just, you know, have some fun and laugh. And if you want to take your stress out on me, by all means do so. But nothing but love from all of us. And you know, you know, as long as I I know you enjoy it and you appreciate it, I will put in the hours. You know, I ain't going to fucking take shortcuts and I ain't going to be lazy and I ain't going to fucking ride the coattails of anybody else and fucking, no. I'm going to do whatever I can so you enjoy it. And remember, these shows are for all of you. Patron, non-Patron, these shows are for all of you. You dictate what is discussed on these shows. And I guess that's why, you know, after all these years, we have such a huge following. I mean, arguably, is there another show out there that has had this continuous following for this many years i don't know you know and especially since some of you go back to 1997 with me that's insane that's insane i know you longer than i know fucking half the people that i fucking know personally it's it's just unreal but i love it i love it so and thank you toxic and sean and everybody else so uh i'll be back with brexit Blassi in two weeks uh, as far as Patreon, I'll be back next Wednesday with Breakfast Soup. Next Tuesday will be Breakfast Soup Live, which will be hosted by yours truly and Mish. Uh, and as always, obviously, Monday, DTKC Show. So everyone, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Don Tony D to website, dontony.com. Email me, dontony at dontony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC Show. Again, we have the Discord page. Wow, we went over two hours. That just blows me away. I honestly thought there's no way I'm getting past sixty minutes today, but hey, you know that hashtag bullshit really uh sparked me a little bit. Didn't have time to think it out a little bit and say, well maybe I shouldn't go. Fuck that. Speak your mind. Grow a set of balls. You know, don't I hate I hate listening to people who you could hear in their voice, and you could hear in their stuttering, and you could hear. I stutter sometimes because I got cotton mouth because of all this goddamn medication that I take. But you could hear the stuttering in people's voices, where it's like, uh, uh, I, I, really want to say this, uh, uh, but, but I'm going to get, I'm going to get, I'm going to get criticized on Twitter over it. So, 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 I gotta, I, I, have to, you know, like I'll, I'll say this, but, but, but then, you know, it might be this, and, 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 and then once in the end? No, 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 no. fuck you. Fuck you. I say that with love. Fuck you. Fuck you. Bye. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. (laughs) Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Syracuse. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. we